0: This is the first chapel of 2022, and my message this morning is entitled, What is the Scope of Our Christian Hope? In many of our church traditions, we begin the new year with a time of prayer and consecration, or renewing our covenants, which is an act of hope. So let's renew our hope in Jesus Christ and where he's leading us. But first, I would like to thank the faculty and administration of Asbury on behalf of every nation, the global family of churches of which I'm a part, for the rich spiritual, academic, and relational deposit you have given us, as many of our pastors and leaders have studied and continue to study here. We drink from deep wells at Asbury, and we're enriched in our mission. My husband, Mike, and I have served in missions for decades in Central and Eastern Europe, so I'll bring you in to part of that world, and I'll begin with a story. Anya's mother lived through the Battle of Stalingrad. The battle went on for months with great loss of life, but the Russian Red Army thwarted the advance of Hitler's troops and turned the tide of World War II toward an Allied victory. Yet, the suffering of Anya's family continued in the brutal Soviet system. As a young woman, she lost her family for an extended period when she was imprisoned for the crime of starting a business to earn a profit. Yes, that was a crime in the Soviet Union. Anya was a member of one of our churches in Ukraine. And after the services, she would come forward to talk about her burdens and receive prayer, and then she would leave feeling embraced and heard. And I learned about suffering from Anya and others, but I also learned what it means to have hope against hope. When we moved to plant a church in Ukraine in 1993, the nation had just become freed from the Soviet regime. So the infrastructure fell apart and people lost jobs when the factories closed. Everyone waited in long lines to buy bread, and many of the stores lacked basic necessities, but hope was in the air as people talked about what the future might hold. Hope enables us to imagine a world that is different from the one that we inhabit. Václav Havel, dissident and first president of the Czech Republic, recognized this in the resistance movements to the Soviet regime that dominated Eastern Europe leading up to the revolutions. He said small hopes of local change must be anchored in a deep orientation of the human soul that can be held at the darkest times and is not dependent on prognoses. When the new year begins, prognoses abound, don't they? Sometimes questionable, sometimes reliable. While Havel said hope must be anchored in something beyond this life, He was hesitant to name it, but said Christians could say where that hope lies. The Christian hope is not impersonal. Havel's hope in something beyond this world, since it's ill-defined and impersonal, has no ability to commune with us and no power to save. According to the Economist Trends for 2022, people in the United Kingdom don't want A smitey almighty. (laughs) Like Havel, who avoided religious dogma, they would rather find comfort and hope in a religion of love, minus the smitiness. But a Christianity devoid of Christ's remedy for sin is a Christianity devoid of hope. It's as if people demand for their kingdom to come on earth rather than how Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like our British friends across the pond, the problem is many people don't trust the goodness of God and his redemptive plan. We veer off course and lose the true source of our hope. For Augustine, hope is an anticipation of the fulfillment of the soul's desires and directs the soul's movement. The Christian hope is realized in the person of Jesus Christ, so it's deeply personal. The Christian hope is also not a quick fix. After the Soviet Union's collapse, evangelistic crusades attracted many people. Yet without communities of faith to embrace them, people often failed to find wholeness, and meaning in their lives that outlasted that ecstatic experience. Desperate for quick fixes, they often grabbed hold of promises of immediate prosperity and healing, became disillusioned when life continued to be difficult. This served to strengthen the old cultural prejudice that Christianity is only a naive superstition. We saw the need for discipleship through local churches, so we stayed. And when people asked me, why did you move to our country with your family, when many people are wanting to move away, so I said, I I love this country, and God loves the people. So my response was a declaration of hope to them. In today's world, the hope of many has succumbed to cynicism. Our world languishes in yet another wave of the pandemic, conflict in many parts of the world and economic uncertainty. In 2020, the pandemic caused our world to shrink to our living rooms. As we canceled trips and gatherings, many of us suffered. Many of us watched our loved ones suffer. Sometimes we couldn't even be together when we were suffering. What will 2022 be like? We would like to have a quick fix, would we not? So we often find ourselves between a false basis of hope and true biblical hope. One of the most read New York Times stories of 2021 is entitled, There's a Name for the Blah You're Feeling. Psychologist Adam Grant calls it languishing, which he describes as the neglected mental child of mental health. It's the void between depression and flourishing. Part of the danger is that when you're languishing, he says, you might not notice the dulling of delight or the dwindling of drive. But by acknowledging that so many of us are languishing, we can start giving voice to our struggles. Ask God to give us hope and to defog our vision. Our hope is realized in Jesus Christ. Hope does not disappoint because, as Paul says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access into this grace in which we stand. Hope is anchored in the risen Christ in the fullness of Him who pours out His love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5, Paul used a progressive chain building to a climax. Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. When I learned these verses as a child, I imagined these arduous steps, one after the other, that you had to climb. I once saw an illustration of a a child climbing these stone stairs to a majestic castle. So that image came to mind when I read these verses. In this chain, love is not the pinnacle we attain after we suffer and endure. But love is poured out into us through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Love is both the starting point and the destination. In the cross of Christ, God judges sin... Yet, at the same time, manifest his great love and saving mercy. In our liturgical calendar, I hope we're not moving too quickly from Jesus as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes to the cross. For the entirety of Jesus' life gives us reason to hope. Later, Paul turns us toward the far-reaching effects of Jesus' salvation on our future, A whole new reality opens up as we stand in His grace and are strengthened to move forward into that new reality. We begin to experience this new reality, the inbreaking of God's kingdom now, but it will be fully realized in His coming kingdom. In Christ, hope never disappoints, it never deceives, even as we feel vulnerable like we often do, to the uncertainties of the world. During the world, as Charles Matthews describes this already but not yet reality we're living in, languishing is our human condition at times. So we need to remind one another of the hope that we have and the promises that are ours in Jesus Christ. Our hope is strengthened in community. After living among Ukrainians who deeply value community, I no longer read the Bible through an individualist lens. Paul wrote his epistle to the church in Rome, so he addresses the body as we. We rejoice and hope of the glory of God, and we also rejoice in our sufferings. Life was difficult for people in Ukraine, especially during the first decade as an independent nation. So people needed one another in the community of the church. I was always amazed by the resilience and the resourcefulness of my Ukrainian friends, but their greatest gifts to me were their love and the trust that we formed as we shared our joys and our sufferings. A few years after we planted the church in Ukraine, someone made it his mission to shut down our church. So we needed a guard to prevent him from breaking into our meetings. He protested outside our meetings on the streets, and he vigorously opposed us in other ways for seven years, seven long years. But my memories of those years are less colored by that trial than by the hope and strength we gained from one another in the church. We formed a close bond, a joyful and hopeful bond as a band of brothers and sisters through those years and we had many great times. Perhaps the difficulties we face in the United States today will cause the church to better stand with and serve one another in community so we can have hope together. To be hopeful is to realize that we are not abandoned. If we are languishing, we can find hope in community. If we are flourishing, We can notice when someone is struggling, but only when we're doing life together. When we share our burdens and the love of God in community, our hope is strengthened. Matthew says we can enjoy our happiness during the world, only in hope. This includes our vision for community. When we acknowledge that we live during the world, we confess our hope in Christ's return. Our condition of waiting can be hard to endure, but it's dangerously premature to embrace a story that claims to fully possess our ultimate end here and now. Finally, our hope is a witness to the world. Christian hope is so real and distinctive that others might be puzzled by it. In 1 Peter 3.15, Peter instructs us to always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in us. Such questioning may happen under persecution or under less threatening circumstances. But opportunities don't usually present themselves unless we're public in some way, unless we're serving and engaging people who do not share our faith. I will share one such story when God was at work in an unexpected place to bring hope to people we would not normally meet. That unexpected place was a prison cell. Like in most churches, our regular church members tended to avoid the front row. Isn't that often the case? Why do people not want to sit in the front row? But intent on hearing the sermon, our guests one Sunday walked straight to the front of the meeting hall. And sat down. The men were dressed in suits and the women wore spandex dresses and heels. They were mafia and prostitutes. So after the service Mike learned that one of them found out about our church when he was in jail. He was at a low point in life when someone who had been to our church told him that he could find hope in our church. Within a week Mike was a guest in their home with a lavish display of food before him. And after the meal, the host looked at him and said, Tell us. They wanted to hear the good news of the gospel. So Mike preached the gospel, answered their questions, and they decided to follow Jesus. We never found out which church member was in jail, (laughs) but God was at work there, and we were glad to walk in step with what he was doing. Hope is not passive. Hope is not simply an inner state, it provokes action. No one who is hopeful can resist participating in the hopeful world that has been disclosed to them. Hope witnesses to what it envisions in word and in deed. Hope not only seeks to participate in this new world, it seeks partners in such engagement. I saw a cartoon that's fitting for our new year. A person asked his friend, isn't the world a mess? Are you afraid of what 2022 will bring? The friend said, hmm, I think it will bring flowers. The first person then asked, why? To which his friend replied, because I am planting flowers. He was cultivating his little part of the world, which is an act of hope. So as we go forth, be encouraged that our hope is fully realized in Christ. Our hope is strengthened in the community, and our hope is a witness to the watching world. Let's go forth and participate in the hopeful world that God has disclosed to us. Let's sow into our community and into our world. Let's fulfill our callings during the world. Maybe we won't return to normal, but we can go beyond it. I will end with one of my poems. In the risen Christ we hope, in the risen Christ we stand. Entering grace, ego's striving ends. Our disappointments, his love mends. Through day and night, when suffering's end is not in sight, the gift of his spirit willing to lavish us in love, fulfilling hopes and dreams, frailty's insufficient means. Of all he's done, we witness and partake in I, in us, in the world to remake. So let's end in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the peace and hope we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. As we go forth into this new year, encourage us if we are languishing. Enable us to see that our hope is fully realized in Christ, to find strength to gather in community and to be hope-filled witnesses to the watching world. Strengthen us to participate in the hopeful world that you are disclosing to us. Strengthen us to sow into our community and into our world. Thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you that we are yours. In Jesus' name, amen.